0: Welcome to Buzzed in Baltimore, the podcast about craft beverages in Maryland. I am here at Guilford Hall Brewery with Eric Bergman, the CEO, and Martin Code, the brewmaster. Thank you guys very much for being on the podcast. I appreciate it.
1: Oh, thanks so much for having us. Yeah. Thank you.
0: This place is beautiful. If you guys haven't been, they just opened in June um, in the old Crown Cork and Seal building on Guilford Avenue. And it's huge. What, what is the square footage here?
2: It's about 20,000 square feet total with all the included areas
0: yeah there's so many so many areas we'll we'll get into all that i i was curious though because you guys both came in from out of town more or less eric Mm -hmm. i know you came in from dc Mm -hmm. and martin more outside of chicago um, or in chicago so if you guys could sort of share your background in hospitality and beverage and then you know what brought you to baltimore specifically
1: i've been in uh Restaurants and then breweries since I was about 20 years old. So uh, a few different places um, and uh, yeah, then Brewmaster for a while too in Chicago and uh, I was kind of looking around For what would be the best next step in my career. Yeah, and I was um, talking to a couple groups some people in Texas some people in California um, And this group and this project just happened to be the one that I felt most simpatico with as a uh, Uh, really cool idea and a mission Um, so we do exclusively European easy drinking beer styles and um, our mission at Guilford Hall is to really work hard and create a positive culture and a great place to work and uh, I also got along with ownership. The best, I had That's, the best conversations. That so helps, right? I figured uh, why not give Baltimore a try? I, yeah. Only... What
0: did you know about Baltimore before moving here? So i have
1: been here only a couple of times before. Yeah. I always thought it was cool, but um, you know, getting to know the city, I really, really like it a lot. And uh, you know. On a personal note, I've always been more of a crab guy than a lobster guy. Anyway, oh, there so go. You know, <laughs> uh, Eric shaking his head for, for the viewers, <laughs> listeners at home. From the Northeast, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, but you're wrong. I
0: mean, I'm, it's this two against injected, two against one in, on this conversation. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, I'm just, does Baltimore remind you of Chicago at all, or do, do you see similarities? You know,
1: it's interesting in uh, in certain ways. It does one commonality. Between Baltimore and Chicago, is not a lot of people notice about Chicago who just come and visit. It's a very neighborhood-driven city. Right? Yeah. You, if you want to know Chicago, if you want to experience Chicago, you have to go to Wicker Park. You have to go to Lincoln Park. You have to go to the different neighborhoods. They all have their own personality. Um, a lot of people make the mistake of just going to the Loop in Chicago. Right. And, right. Know, there's cool things to see there, but you're not going to really get a sense of the personality of the city and why people like it if you just go downtown. Yeah. And I think Baltimore is the same. You know, uh, very neighborhood driven city. You have Hamden, you have Canton, you have Mount Vernon, you know, you have different neighborhoods that have their own unique populations and unique and interesting character.
0: Yeah, totally. I've, I've
1: heard all about this, but I've not yet been out to uh,
2: experience most of Baltimore since my time here. Are, are you working to too the, hard? <laughs> yeah, I've been pinned to the brewery too
1: much. are so, getting this place set up.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, Eric, I, you mentioned you're from the Northeast, but then you yeah. worked in D.C. for a while. Sure, yeah. I've as been in well. D.C.
2: for 20 years. Yeah. Um, and. Um, yeah, I also uh, was looking for the next step in my career. Um, I most recently served as the Director of Operations for Neighborhood Restaurant Group in DC, in Northern Virginia. Um, and um, I fell in love with uh, craft beer with that group. Um, first was a uh, imbiber of it and then a uh, procurer of it. It's and That's usually then, how it happens. Yeah, yeah, it's usually how it happens. And uh, fell in with an amazing group there and uh, really stoked my my passion for it. And um, so when I was looking for the next project, I uh, didn't see anything immediately in D.C. that caught my my fancy, but um, this one did. And um, as soon as I stepped foot in, I, I realized it was something special. And um, as you notice, when you came in, it's an absolutely gorgeous facility. Um, and I am very um, uh, behind, uh, supportive of, and, uh, um, uh, a, a disciple of our, uh, our beer style for sure. And our yeah. focus, uh, Martin and his team do a, a fantastic job executing these really difficult and complex styles. Um, and while, you know, we may not be the hype brewery, the new hype brewery here in town. Um, I I'm, I'm, uh, grateful for the attention we've gotten from local brewers that like to come through and and enjoy um, a clean Hellas uh, after brewing all of their hazy IPAs and um, milkshake sours
1: or whatever the hell they're making these days. (laughs) Yeah well um, it's so
0: funny because you talk to brewers and they're like we don't want to be doing these things they just sell and that's that's what people want. You know
1: uh, there's some really great examples of a lot of styles of beer out there and that's one of the coolest things about the uh, community the brewing community is that there's so much creativity and yeah. people coming up with new ideas all the time um but part of what we're doing here is kind of um it's not the hype and you know per se and we're making smoothie beers or something like that but it's a missed uh opportunity in a lot of places um to brew super traditional um uh european styles yeah so we have a german brew house we have uh you know a partially german trained brewmaster um you know it's it's something i talk about with our team a lot is uh beer and freshness is uh the way to go it's a very important thing you know you might think well i can buy a hofbrau from the liquor store um you know what's the difference between what you're doing um Well, uh, I know for a fact, since I used to work for Hofbrau, it (laughs) takes a minimum of two months for that beer to get from the brewery in Germany to the U.S. Um, And they don't pay to ship it, you know, temperature controlled or anything like that. So you have a way different beer by the time it gets here. So the idea behind this project, from a beer perspective anyway, is that you should be able to come here and have something like you would have in Prague have something like you would have in Munich, have something like you'd have in London, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah,
0: just as fresh. And yeah,
1: I'm just excited to be uh, participating in part of something that we hope will be a new niche.
0: Yeah, and I think the timing of when you guys opened, which I know some of it was in your control, some of it was out of your control, but it seems like people are going towards lower ABV styles these days, easy drinking beers a nice, a crisp lager can like really satisfy sometimes. So th- that's kind of a cool thing we're seeing, um, but, you know. Yeah, it was
1: definitely 2019, if you look at lifestyle, as they call them beers, we're um, becoming more and more popular, you know, mm-hmm. people are being more health conscious. And then I think a little bit in the pandemic, um, a lot of people are like, chocolate cake beer, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, So right. um, just cause I think it's a product of uh, being a tough year for everyone and yeah. everything going on. And- you know, it's like really, I have to diet too. No, yeah, no. Bring on, bring on the cheesecake. You know, right, the pendulum but, like uh, swung right that's on kind back. Kind all of us, you know. So, well, it'll be interesting to see where the trends go in the next few years. I think.
0: Yeah, for sure. So, can we talk a little bit about the building we're in right now for people that don't realize the historical significance of the Crown Cork and Seal complex and what it sort of meant for industrial Baltimore back in the day and um, what it was used for and how you guys feel just to like be in a space that has such history
1: absolutely i'd love to uh, uh talk a bit, a bit about that so this building here has been here since 1898 wow in fact on the front of the building there's a crest that says 1898. Yeah. that's how we yeah, know yeah. <laughs> that's how we know that's a good fact check okay, 1898. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> so if you come by and you're like that martin guy i don't know if you're telling the truth <laughs> you can see it on the front um and one thing about architecture in the late 1800s is they were getting way big into fancier architecture and uh, more complex things. So there's actually some uh, gargoyles um, oh, awesome. on the front of the building, too. So um, and then the Crown Core Conceal Factory was a huge influence on the city of Baltimore. Uh, for those who may not be familiar, that it's in this space where the bottle cap was invented.
0: I love that fact. Yeah.
1: Um, And if you think about it, if you take a bottle cap and you turn it upside down, it kind of looks like a crown,
0: Mm -hmm. right?
1: So there's a reason for that. They were Mm -hmm. called the Crown Core Conceal Company. And of course, Crown is still a company that's uh, moved on uh, from Baltimore, but uh, they're still around. Um, And so having this space, this structure, even still be standing after so many years is uh, significant in itself. And Baltimore has been such a great, uh, learning more about the history, that I know of, it's been such a great industrial town for a very long time, and
0: and how cool that this inside these walls is now, you know, manufacturing again and producing again and beer again. Um, that's something really nice and full circle.
1: Super excited to be a part of it. Um, yeah, and so with the with this project, it's been a few years in the making. Um, kind of the goal with our design was to um, modernize it, of course, but to hold on to that historical aesthetic in fact um a lot of things that we found in the building old doors and old signs yeah. and things like that ladders uh, safes ladders and safes telephone telephone are these booths. lights um weren't
0: something with the chandeliers i thought was really yeah surface. so the
1: chandeliers are made by a local artisan that's right around the corner called magma build studios okay um and one thing that they designed for us is a centerpiece when you walk in it's an old fan
2: oh found. wow
1: so they turned it into a chandelier. So we call it the chandelier. <laughs> of I'm course. Of Naturally. Um, Naturally, yeah. But uh, I do encourage uh, those listening at home to uh, uh, come by and uh, see the, the environment that we've created. Because uh, we have all over the building. We have uh, old doors on the wall and kind of things that we've turned into art pieces yeah
0: so, um, and i read that you guys found coal in the basement when you <laughs> first yeah. were like i just think that's so cool just like to bridge the past it was like a, a
1: lot of it yeah too. It <laughs> <semi-cool>. <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah our um, our construction team was uh had, had a few fun days uh, removing oh my God, that I but... <laughs> yeah that probably wasn't very fun <laughs> yeah, for them. But... Yeah, pretty... so at one point it was a coal powered uh power plant yeah that we used to would always shovel the coals all day into the boilers and turn the turbines and wow. powered. Uh, I think four, uh, blocks around here at one point.
0: That's amazing. Mm-hmm. You're just like if these like walls and floors right. could talk.
1: These walls and floors could <laughs> talk. Yeah, it's an old building. It might be haunted. I don't I, know. I bet yeah.
0: there's probably some ghosts. <laughs> I, I,
1: <don't> know. Know. <laughs> I would I don't think know. I've worked in some haunted buildings. Everything. I've had pretty good right. luck here. <laughs> so, okay. So, good. So,
0: I've so been far, here pretty so, late so good. Yeah. <laughs> um, and obviously, like I mentioned, you guys opened in June. Did has the pandemic affected you know your original business plan how you plan to open the marketing did it affect any build out like what were sort of your thoughts once the pandemic hit
1: i would say the answer to those questions is yes
2: yeah
0: <laughs> yeah how could it not um, but, uh,
2: right? i would say yes and no i mean you know the build out was completed pandemic affected when we opened and i think how the business uh maybe uh, perf- has performed as a result and Part of it, and I think you know one of the silver linings of the pandemic from a um, from a business perspective is it does allow you the chance to get your feet underneath you operationally um, before opening up the floodgates of, right. of folks coming through. So I think that's a um, um, a great opportunity that we've had. Um, and so would we have liked more business out of the gate, probably, but I think we're scaling in the right um, uh, in the right way um, and at the right pace. Um, we're really you know hitting the, the holiday season hard right now with events. Um, yeah the, so,
0: also the Christmas decorations look very nice. Oh, I just want to you. point yeah, out that, our,
2: yeah we, our, our management team did a really good job with that.
0: Yeah let's talk about the different spaces in the brewery. I think sure. that's one of the coolest parts um, you know that you're afforded because you yeah. have 20,000 plus square feet. Sure. You know, there's like the initial bar and sort of tasting room downstairs.
2: You hear the word brewery these days. It can uh, evoke a number of different settings, I think, you know, for folks. And a lot of times in an industrial setting even um, where it's a little more bare bones, uh, you know, they spared no expense when it came to the build out. And I know the intention was to have a full service restaurant. And so it's wonderful to have that. It definitely gives uh, people more options. And you You have a full
0: bar too. People should know that.
2: Wine, cocktails, of course. Yeah, we want there to be something for everyone. Uh, when they come to Guilford. But yeah, we have uh, a beautiful um, restaurant and tasting room, tap room uh, area that can suit uh, groups of all different sizes. Uh, We can book online for up to 16, just on open table to get uh, a spot with us. And then I think one of the cool features is our, what we call the secret beer garden, um, (laughs) that's kind of housed inside of the the factory complex in between two of our buildings. You can't see it from the street and a lot of people just have no idea that it's there until they arrive and open the back door and they always, have this wide-eyed wonder, um, like oh my, I had no idea this was here. So. And there
0: is something like European feeling about it back there too. Well, the
2: flags offer a lot, and yeah. I think uh, they did a great job um, setting the scene. Um, but in the warmer months, uh, it's very well attended and a great place f- uh, for folks to hang out. And uh, we made some adjustments to make it more comfortable for the for the cooler weather as well, since um, a lot of people feel more comfortable being outside still. Yeah. We have a
1: heated tent, yeah, out in the beer garden <laughs> yeah. right now. Yeah. So very you can, exciting. Come uh, by and. Uh, enjoy outdoor dining still.
2: So. Yeah. Auxiliary um, bar, a kind of beer garden bar that we uh, recently built out there. Um, so really cool space. We have the brewery uh, uh, itself, uh, the mm-hmm. functioning brewery itself right in that same uh, area. Yeah. Um, and then we're sitting in this amazing ballroom style event space on the second floor above the tap room. 3,000 square feet up here. Um, We can do events um, for up to 225 people. The dedicated full bar and uh, kitchen up here. So we really look uh, for this to be a big driver for us in the future. It's
0: particularly cool to think about what went on in this space back in the day too, whether it was used as a ballroom like you said. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. Did did you guys come in to Baltimore? I know we kind of discussed this, but did you feel like this was fulfilling a niche in this city that maybe didn't exist before and did you talk to brewers as you were coming Mm -hmm. in and get to know that community and and how did that process kind of go?
1: Absolutely, Um, I I, uh, really stand by, I don't think there's anyone uh, that I've come across in the city that's doing it such a strict theme as we are. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are people making lagers and things like that, Um, but uh, strictly uh, traditional European styles I do think is a niche in Baltimore, and I've had a great time getting to know um, the brewers that I've got to know in the city. You know, um, maybe we have the Brewers Association of Maryland, so mm-hmm. we all try to get together, uh, BAM for short. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I think it's a fantastic community, and it's cool because everyone's kind of doing their own thing. People are doing it, following different themes, um, and uh, there's. Definitely a place for us, I think.
0: Yeah, and I think it's cool where you guys are located, too. It probably is bringing people to a part of the city they might not necessarily visit otherwise. Absolutely. Um, yep. I agree. People that are from here are certainly familiar with Station North and Green yep. Mount West, or people that send their kids to Baltimore, Montessori are right. familiar. Um, but I, I obviously, the, this being in this building was the big draw for you, but were you guys excited about being in a neighborhood that maybe wasn't in the top, like, five of the most popular in the city necessarily. Yeah,
2: for sure. I think, you know, as we mentioned before, it's such a neighborhood driven city and I think this neighborhood isn't known for food and beverage in particular and so um, serving this neighborhood is is one of our great pleasures every day um, in offering something you know for everybody that's uh, that, that are residents and also a reason for people to come visit this is really really nice neighborhood i, I love greenmont west i think it's great we've met some amazing people here um community leaders are some of our regulars every day and oh, um awesome. The community association president, uh, her son, works with us uh, as a busser. And, you know, (laughs) she's in here with her husband multiple times a week. So um, it feels very much of the community and something that we wanted to to, um, offer for sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah, And I mean, it's not too, too far away from if, you know, you're catching a movie at the Charles or going out to dinner at Tapas Teatro or Alma Cucina. um, There's buddies down the street are opening another bar space. So Mm -hmm. I feel like things are percolating around here. Definitely. And speaking of growth, I know that you guys have a huge (laughs) brew house. Um, I have the stats here, so uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but 23 barrels, 13 fermenters, and a total capacity for 720 barrels.
1: Does that sound right? Yeah, so if you're talking about capacities, uh, it depends on kind of what you're thinking about, right? So yeah, we could, at one point in time, be housing that much beer in-house, and then we do have serving tanks as well. We have 40 barrel serving tanks, so that would add. Some more uh to that um but um yeah basically if you want to think about size and breweries we we did go with a larger size especially for a new brewery yeah um but with the intention of really wanting to do and maximize everything that we're trying to do here to be able to have Uh, cool events in the event space, maybe uh, able to have a packed beer garden, uh, packed restaurants, everyone having a great time, and also be able to do some uh, distribution around the city. So um, coming soon to a beer bar near you. So
0: that was my next question. So obviously you have room to grow here um, capacity-wise, but then as far as distribution, um, will we start seeing you? on, you know, bar taps and bar handles around the city? Will we see you in can or bottle form? Like what sort of If there's a place
2: you want to see us, please
1: let us know and let your owner know. I have (laughs) many ideas. I'm
0: sure the listeners have many ideas too.
1: Definitely you're going to start seeing us at uh, your local favorite beer bars. Um, We're uh, in the process of getting our beer out Um, and we're starting there. You know, uh, we are going to do a small plug here. We have a holiday Bach coming out oh, in the next exciting. couple of weeks. So we're going to do a limited bottling run for. Oh, cool. Um, so if you're looking for gift ideas um, or for yourself or others, <laughs> um, there will be uh, some tasty German style Bach coming out in the next few weeks. So
0: We're going to try a few. Beers in a second here, which I'm excited about, and um, get Martin to sort of give us the inside info into how they're produced and, and the thoughts behind them. But in general, you know, what sort of attracts you to these European easy drinking kind of beers?
1: If you want to make a lower ABV beer that uh, still tastes good, basically adding less ingredients and more water, mm-hmm. right? Um, the challenge then becomes if you're doing that, Does how do you make it not taste watery? Right. Right. How do you make it taste flavorful with less ingredients? And there's um, some ways you can do that. Um, But uh, I like a challenge. So as (laughs) as a brewer, I'm drawn to these particular styles. You know, when I go around to places, the first beer that I'll try at a place is um, not their uh, cool beer that I'm considering Mm -hmm. trying. It's uh, if they have a or if they have a lager, right? Because if they can make a uh, mm-hmm. clean simple style then chances are they have at least the technical knowledge to expand from there right um, that's so, such a
0: good like baseline litmus test yeah. for a yeah.
1: place. um making a really clean uh, what i think to be pretty good um, lager for example um, and being able to taste the subtleties that went into that as i have grown to be able to do is a really satisfying experience for me
0: that's awesome hey, eric what about you like what is Are are you personally into these kinds of beers? Even if you didn't have any investment in this place, or you know,
2: I spent a lot of time um, drinking hazy IPAs uh, for many years. After opening a brewery in DC, Uh, I love the style, but uh, I'm definitely. um, It's funny in uh, in conjunction with my starting here. Definitely was falling into. More of the, the lager styles, um, more traditional styles in general, and even kind of reverting back to your West Coast IPAs. If I was looking for something hoppy, um, in fact, in my refrigerator right now, you'll find uh, several Pilsner's and uh, uh, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale and uh, their Fresh Hop uh, Celebration IPA. Those There's are so my... classic. Yeah.
0: yeah. No, this has been great. Eric, I know you have to run, but yeah. uh, Martin, if you want to stick around, we'll kind of taste through a flight sure, and, and talk sure. a little bit about Sure, uh,
1: Sure. Go ahead and pour one.
0: Okay, so we are back, and Martin has poured us a beautiful flight of beer. The, the presentation is very lovely. Um, it's sort of a circular flight as opposed to a linear flight. Um, and, yeah, I just love the way it looks. It's really cool.
1: Great. Thank you. Yeah, we were uh, really lucky to find some. Uh, we were looking around for what would be what would be a unique kind of flight presentation, and uh, we were able to find these particular ones. Um I guess, uh, yeah, we could describe it, but um, it's like a circular display of the flights, and we do have a guide card for what the beards are on top of them, with them listed in order, and also on the other side of the card is a original picture of the original building from the uh, 1800s.
0: Yeah, it's so, almost like a little keepsake that... A um, fun,
1: yeah, you know, uh, Yeah. you're welcome if you come by and order a flight, take the card home if you like. There you it's go.
0: Um, so what would you say is your best seller like the most popular beer that flies off the shelves
1: sure sure so, so our best seller um right now is um our flagship lager at Guildford lager okay. um so that's this one that's the first one there yeah um so yeah if you wanted to try that one first yeah. but it's a uh that's a uh, bavarian style helles beer so um Hellas is, uh, for those who aren't aware, is the German word for light. So, um, funny thing about Germans is uh, they know a thing or two about making beer, but yeah. when it comes to um, beer names, uh, not not always so creative They literally <laughs> translate them. Hellas means light, you know. They make a dark beer; they call it dark, you know. Um, but uh, very straightforward, you know, very very tasty uh, offerings if you go to Bavaria. So, this is um, all imported ingredients. Um, so, malt from Germany, hops from Germany. Um,
0: super crisp, light.
1: Yeah, I get some uh, like flavors of fresh bread and, uh, and some toast, and then uh, mm-hmm. supposed to be super clean finishing. Basically, the idea behind all of our beers is that you should want to have a weeder's with. <laughs> yeah. yeah <laughs> I'm not saying yeah. that you need to if you come to Guilford Hall, but <laughs> it should be uh, flavorful, but also clean finishing and easy drinking. So
0: Yeah. No, it's definitely the kind of thing that can go back really easily. Probably pairs pretty well with most food, right, because it's so clean and easy drinking. Um, yeah, it's, it's delicious. I would, I would say probably anyone that comes here, that may be the – like you were saying, you always order the – sort of the litmus test right. um that guilford right. lager is probably a good litmus yeah test.
1: um it's a great choice to go uh, for your first but you can also do a flight like we're doing if you want to try so the, so our flights the way we design them is uh these are the six of our most popular oh so gotcha they're uh we, we do set flights if you want to do a custom flight you're more than welcome to but if you're just trying this out you want you're curious about six of our most popular just uh we have a set fight so
0: i think that's nice to help yeah. help people out and then sure. what is there a beer that's been i call it biggest surprise but anything that's sort of turned out differently than you thought or the reaction was different than what you thought it would be
1: yeah so um one of our flagship offerings is actually uh number six in this offering here um is a we call it an english session ale right mm-hmm. so um it's a kind of a term that uh, I hope takes off for the style, but um, I actually made up that term. There is no official beer style that's an English Session Ale. Um, so is this Session
0: like an American term, basically?
1: Um, that no, was invented well, here? that's an interesting question. Yeah. I, I, I don't 100% know. Um, I, I believe it's a British term hmm. because um, you know, uh, people uh, refer to... Um, Time spent with friends having a few beers as a session, right? In Europe, um, so, but yeah, I'd have to look into the history. That's a great question. Uh, I have to do some more research after this. But, yeah. <laughs> um, but that is why uh, beers are called session beers. Is mm-hmm. that um, they're lower well, uh, A good session beer should be lower well in alcohol, um, but also full of flavor, um, so that you can watch a full game with your friends, um, have a few and still be able to walk home yeah yeah yeah.
0: Um, no this is but this has a uh, definitely a fuller body than the than the lager um, yeah, is yeah. it harder to, more difficult to produce in any way or
1: yeah so um that's kind of gets into what i was talking about before um, the session nail is only four and a half percent right so the lager is 5.1 so um talking about abv um, and uh, flavor is what i was getting into before um, so it's more difficult to make a lower ABV beer that has right. that flavor as that body. So there's some things that I do in the mash and some particular types of malts that I use in the session, um, that, uh, that cause it to have that body and have that fullness of flavor without more alcohol. Yeah. So, um, it's a fun thing to do as a brewer for sure. And, uh, I hope a tasty beverage. You've got some good feedback. So the surprising thing is that, um, so this style of beer, so this style of beer is called a uh, English bitter. Right? Mm. So in my past experience, I found that if you put the words English bitter on a menu um, <laughs> for uh, the average beer consumer, no one orders It's it. uh, confusing. Yeah, because uh, you know people. There's a lot of uh, bitter IPAs still around, and right. and you know. Um, what, and the right amount of bitterness in the beer is a fantastic thing, right? So balance is important. But if you say, you know, hey, try this. It's too bitter. You know, um, that's not an attractive term yeah. from an outside perspective, right? Yeah. So I thought it'd be interesting to make this traditional style, um, best way to knew how to make it, um, and uh, call it something a little bit different. So we call it an English session now.
0: Yeah. So, no, it's a nice. So the
1: surprise. Um, is a very pleasant one uh, which is you know coming from my past experience putting an English bitter on a menu it just kind of sits there Uh, this one's selling really great
0: oh that's I I think it's all about that change in name it's so funny I've heard that from a lot of bar owners and brewers is um, what you put on the menu and how you word things and semantics can be really
1: important hugely important yeah Yeah. Um, because people uh, people go on to different things it makes total sense you know well, for, and, and it changes year to year. Uh, for a while, if you put nitro oh, you know, yeah. on a menu and did a nitro tap, that beer would just you know fly fly right out the window based on yeah. these different terms. Because people like these types of things, and they see it around, and uh, they have other examples, and it's more accessible. You know. Yeah, they get One it. One thing. Um, this that, yeah. Oh. Wait.
0: I was just gonna say this is delicious. Oh, It's really, really good. It, there's some. Is there like some caramel notes here, or how would what would you kind of say for tasting notes?
1: Oh, absolutely. There's caramel notes in there. So, um, a uh, this style of beer is a very uh, malt-driven yeah. style. So a lot of the flavors do come from the particular malts that are used, um, and that's kind of the beauty of it. it uses um, a good healthy dose of something that they call a crystal or a caramel malt, right? Because. Mm-hmm. It does lend those kind of, like, caramely, roasty, toasty flavors. Um, that beer definitely has uh, hints of vanilla and a little bit of uh, tobacco, not, like, ashtray, but, like, you know. No, tobacco. Uh, I realized tobacco. I like
0: tobacco uh, notes in wine and beer. Yeah. As of a couple years ago, I was yeah. like, oh, I like that flavor.
1: Yeah, yeah. So um, definitely a very complex beer, especially for the, uh kind of. Yeah.
0: No, it's really, that's really, really good. Um, and it's nice to know it is lower in alcohol because that, that's also a really easy sipper.
1: So. Right, right. You know, you should be able to come here and have an experience like we were talking about before. Have dinner, hang out with friends, you know, and have it be overall uh, fun.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Okay, what about your personal favorite?
1: I, I do uh, enjoy the the Guilford Wager a lot. Uh, yeah. You know, it's it kind of, the reason it's our flagship is because it, exemplifies everything we're doing it's um you know has a lot of flavor mm-hmm. but it's also clean and uh you know uh something that i personally i don't know about uh the listeners at home but yeah i uh, i i might pound a liter of <laughs> yeah um so that's probably a place that we go but you know so let's talk about the beers we have in front of us so we do have the guilford lager right we have the um gilly light we call it so we have a light beer In addition so that's only three and a half percent um and it's kind of reminiscent of a german licht beer um or a franconian uh light style so um you know still a lager um but has a lot of different nice uh, subtleties of flavor and only three and a half percent like i was saying so
0: yeah pretty light bodied um Mm -hmm. in general
1: for sure Um, so,
0: and then, what is that on the aftertaste? That feels like a very distinct flavor.
1: Yeah. So, uh, for this one, on the aftertaste, um, I got some kind of like floral spiciness uh, yeah. from the uh, from the type of uh, German hops mm-hmm. that we put in there. So, uh, and uh, yeah. So it's a uh, it's meant to be a gateway beer too, because uh, you know if you're uh, if you're a big fan of, let's say, mass market lagers or something like that and you want to try some kind of fresh locally made stuff, yeah. Um, then, uh, yeah, start with a light beer, uh, see what you think, and uh, maybe move to uh, different flavors, you know. Um, the cool thing about the craft beer movement for me is that it's, um, oh, one of the cool things, it's a lot of cool things, is it's about um, options. Yeah, you know, and it's and it should be. And one thing that we're really big on here is it's about education, right? Um, you know, um, I'll say this again and again to our uh, our staff and everybody: craft beer is about education, not pretension, right? You mm-hmm. know, um, I I never want to see a world where um, you know a curious uh, guest goes into a brewery. And is uh, shunned because they've never heard of an IPA or you know right. or anything like that. I just don't want. I'm not seeing that going that way. But yeah, I, think, I was just gonna um, say. I, uh, I think I, I, you, I'm very yeah. anti anything related to that because yeah. um, that's no fun. Um, it's, yeah. Here and, and uh, right. we go over that with our servers and bartenders. You know, always invite fun conversations. They're educational and you know uh, always take opportunities to uh, learn together and uh, talk more about different fun styles so yeah
0: Yeah. i think i think that used to be more of an issue maybe when craft beer was first starting to come up i think there used to be a little bit more snobbery and now Mm -hmm. it's a little more open-minded i hope so at least well i'm
1: anti if you know of a place that's like that i will go over there personally and give them a stern (laughs) talk a piece of your mind
0: (laughs) (laughs) okay and then next up is um the vienna Mm -hmm. lager right Mm -hmm. that's another another lager
1: so um so yeah so you might think, oh, they do all lagers or whatever, but uh, You know, we also, we, the English uh, is, uh, you know, definitely traditional English style. Um, and not on this flight, but we do have an Irish stout. We do have a Belgian golden. Um, yeah. So we have a half of Eisen. We still have some uh, Mertzen lager left from October, so, which yeah. is uh, maturing really nicely. Um, nice. So. Um, lost shrine we're always coming out with new things like i was talking about before holiday bach in a couple of weeks
0: yeah i'm excited for that one
1: so this is a, a very nice beer as well it has a heavy portion of what they call vienna malt so uh, that's a lot of what goes into a vienna lager and it has a, a nice kind of um, excuse me balanced um bitterness um, and uh, it's even though it's still a lager so it does finish clean you do get a lot of um kind of those complex malt notes again and the uh fresh bread and uh malty kind of sweetness in there yeah but super, uh, n- it, there's almost
0: like maybe like a little bit of chocolate notes at the very end a um, hint for sure a yeah
1: very, very subtle hint um and uh, yeah another this is uh so there our top three is uh always a wavering contest depends on the week uh guilford uh, uh Pretty much always wins, so that's why I was saying it's our number one seller. Yeah. But then we have a contest between the Czech style Pilsner that we have, mm. um, which we named after this lovely city. It's called Baltimore Pils. Yay, um, I love that. And, uh, and and then the Vienna. It would be our top three, uh, pretty much every week as far as uh, consumption goes.
0: And as far as the, <coughs> the Baltimore Pilsner, is it just a straight-up Pilsner? or anything that makes it unique?
1: Um, yeah, so it's super traditional um, Czech-style Pilsner, so it has a heavy dose of Czech Sats hops. Um, What's the name of the hop? Um, how
0: many Zs are involved so. in that? Uh,
1: only one oh, okay. not, It's S-A-A-Z.
0: Got it. Okay. I thought Zats. there might be a Z at the beginning too.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It could be. Yeah. Zatz. You know. Zatz. That's uh, but a great no, one. It's S-A-A-Z. And what that imparts is like a uh, kind of hints of grassiness mm-hmm. and kind of black pepper a little bit. Um, it's uh, definitely the hoppiest lager that we have, but um, interesting because you're not going to get any of those hop flavors that you might be accustomed to in like an IPA. It's a different uh, type of hop flavor. Right? Yeah. So,
0: no, it's I definitely get that the grassy notes you were talking about. Um, it's still a very clean finish though.
1: Yeah. 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 That's the nice thing about uh, lagers in general is that uh, if you want to, if you want to generalize, uh, they're cleaner finishing.
0: No, this is, really, this is really good. Okay, and then I think the only one we haven't talked about is the British Pale Ale, right? Ah,
1: British Pale Ale. So it's definitely, so it's a beer that's uh, similar to a American Pale Ale in some ways, um, but uh, it has a bit lower alcohol, um, four and a half, and it has some caramel malts in it as well. So it does have some kind of sweetness to balance the hop character. Um, and... Uh, this is the perhaps one example where I do a uh, quote-unquote uh, do my own Maverick thing as far as the style goes. I do use some uh, Cascade hops, which okay. are an American-grown hop originally. Um, but they do it does have British parents, so that's how I get away <laughs> with it. So. <laughs> so it's still English. More, more first generation. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's... Um, yeah that's the american no it's guy. uh it's a very subtle amount of uh hop character um it's a has a nice oranginess um if you're if you're a fan of sierra nevada mm-hmm. pale mm-hmm. ale um, that's a lot of cascade hops they use in that too yeah
0: so. it definitely tastes like if, if you're someone that likes a west coast pale ale mm-hmm. you would like this beer and
1: yeah it has it has some similar flavors but it doesn't knock you in the face you know right. um the goals are of our beers as um like I was talking about before, none of them should just knock your taste buds out. You know, like it shouldn't be overwhelming in any particular way. Um, and that's part of my brewing philosophy: is that um, tasty beverages in general have a balance between bitterness and sweet, and you should be able to taste all the subtleties of flavor of all the ingredients that are in it, and not have one overpower the other. You know, this
0: is great. Um, so a couple more, just like rapid fire questions, and then we can wrap up. Um, is rapid there a, fire round. Yeah. Ready to go? <laughs> is there a um, favorite space in this brewery that you like drinking having a beer there's so many different spots right
1: that's a really cool question um and uh yeah i uh so that's that's hard too because somebody to choose um so up here where we are right now in our uh, crown room uh we call it uh, our event space um there is a full bar Mm -hmm. up here as well um very nice aesthetic and uh I'd say, uh, like, like a lot of things. It depends on uh, the circumstances. So I, I like to come up here, um, actually, when it's empty and entertain mm. people sometimes because I can, uh, um, we can talk. Yeah. And, uh, you know, have a beer and talk about the place and everything. And the so light think,
0: comes in beautifully. Yeah, it's the light's nice.
1: very nice. Um, so it's a cool experience to do that. I also like sitting on our bar. We had a custom-made uh, bar uh, by a group uh, by the name of Devotion they do great jobs they just uh, they just make a lot of custom woodwork stuff so it's made from, uh from scratch it's a beautiful bar to sit down at that's our main bar so i like hanging out with um with our guests at the main bar that's a great experience to do It's uh in the occasion where i actually get uh, to to sit down and have a beer Um, (laughs) right that's that's my favorite for that venue then we just put in a new bar outside um in our beer garden and we put a lot of work into that too um and we have some fun lighting in there and there's some nice little uh bistro style tables so uh that's that's also a fun experience to hang yeah, out people, in too so. people
0: definitely need to remember to check out outside when they come here even I'm if they sad. don't see it right off the bat it's yeah bad. yeah i
1: mean if you're even if you don't want to go out there it's worth taking a look and popping yeah. right out you know so it's a cool space and maybe my most favorite place to have a beer in the building is in the brewery itself because like i'm that. only one of the only ones that's allowed to do that <laughs> <laughs>
0: probably pretty you know peaceful back there not too many people yeah. yeah, that sounds good. And then besides Baltimore, you, what's your favorite beer-drinking city? Um, I'm, I'm assuming you've spent time over in Europe having a few wow. beers. Um, is there a place that sticks out in your mind? Wow,
1: that's, that's so tough because I've been fortunate enough to uh, have, made, have made many trips around Europe. And then I also did a semester abroad um, when I was in college. And so I got to go to a bunch of different really cool cities. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, so there's a lot of history of brewing and beer in a lot of places in Europe and uh, they've had the time to really figure it out Right. you know so pretty much every city has has their own thing you know there's um, you know Belgium is really really cool in the sense that they have a bunch of different experimental places and you know um, uh, Germany is of course awesome for different lagers but even south of Germany and north of Germany has different styles you know Um, so Really, it depends on what you're looking for. If you want, like, more creative, interesting beers and beers that pair with chocolate and food and everything, you know, Bruges is fantastic. Or, yeah, oh my you gosh, You know, Or uh, if you want uh, really great German beer, um, you know, Munich
2: mm-hmm. is, of
1: course, a classic. But, uh, you know, hard to choose. Like I was saying, London's great. You know, Dublin, of course, uh, everyone knows the uh, flagship most famous yep. beer that's come out of Dublin. But if you go to the Guinness factory in Dublin, Um, and you drink a beer, they they, uh, give you a beer at their bar. They have a sky bar. You can see the Irish mountains. Um, it's a way different beer than you're going to get anywhere else. And it's a fantastic beer. Um, you know, I like Guinness in general, but like I was talking about before, freshness is a huge thing. So,
0: yeah, Oh, that's, that's great. Have you didn't, did you go to Oktoberfest ever?
1: Um, yeah, yeah, it went once. Um, yeah, that's just a crazy, crazy fun. I bet. Show. But uh, again, very German. They're so organized about it, you know. Um, yeah. So they, if you buy tickets ahead of time, I recommend buying tickets ahead of time if you go. <laughs> Um, then, like, you can get a table, and like, the service is actually on point, and everything. It's, it's pretty amazing. That's cool. In fact, one interesting fact now that we're talking about Oktoberfest is the origin of the leader, uh, which, like, serving beer in those big leader mugs, mm-hmm. which has kind of become synonymous with Oktoberfest and with yeah. Germany and everything, was actually because of Oktoberfest originally, because they were understaffed. Uh, they hmm. got slammed at Oktoberfest, and they didn't want to come around as fast, so they started serving people beer in larger mugs. Oh, that's So funny. it's not really because it's a good way to do it necessarily but you know it's funny that it's become a thing
0: just out of necessity that i have no idea that's really cool okay last question i know you've you've moved up to baltimore um or over to baltimore for this job so what places have you discovered in the city that that you love i know it's tough in COVID times not everything is as available as it used to be but
1: sure sure um so much so many great places and i like like i was talking about before uh really getting into neighborhoods experiencing their character you know um like, a lot of cool places. You know, Fells, I think, is an experiential place to go to on its own, just walking around the cobblestone streets and, yeah. you know, being on the water. And, you know, it's definitely a unique experience that you can't find really anywhere else than uh, in Baltimore. And um, But, yeah, you know, I like uh, I like a lot of the cool beer bars that are around there, like Max's and Fells, a great place. Yeah, as much as I have got around, I'm really impressed with the city. In general of course the breweries you know um, everyone knows Union but there's you know so many other ones um, you know Checker Spot. Uh, shout out to Charm City Meadworks of yes. course they're right <laughs> around the corner and they're all good friends yeah um, so oh, that's awesome so Nepenthe um, in Hamden you know um, it, it, I've been really overall pleasantly surprised um, it's not the case in a lot of cities but it is the case I think in Baltimore that a lot of the breweries are doing pretty good stuff. Yeah.
0: So. No, it's it's nice. I feel like there's kind of a niche for every sort of beer drinker. And, and you guys have now added a new category to that, which is which is really nice. Um, yeah. So thank you so much for your time um, oh, you. and everything. If people want to check out more information about Guilford Hall, should mm-hmm. they, what, go to your Instagram? Or yeah, absolutely.
1: Way? So we're just, uh, you know, at Guilford Hall um, and uh, GuilfordHall.com. Uh, there's a ton of information on our website um, for all uh, and everything that we're doing.
0: Yeah, best to make a reservation or just kind of walk in.
1: Sure, um, we're on open table. Oh, cool! But uh, you can do either. Yeah. um You know, uh, we we take walk-ins as well. But yeah, if you have a larger group, like more than six, I'd say uh, definitely go to open table. Yeah. Um, but we have a ton of space. You know, yeah. for you. we have that heated tent now. Uh, Definitely follow us on social media because we're going to be doing a bunch of different and fun stuff in the next few months.
0: Great. Thank you so much for your time and for your samples and just sharing your story. I really appreciate
1: it. Oh, 100%. Thanks for having us on.